FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 114 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, really bad sinus head cold Jason Venable, with our other host, Denise Venable. Who does not have a head cold. <laughs> no. So I apologize if I sound even worse than usual. I was going to wait until I got over it, but I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. So, here you go. Podcast can't wait. Podcast can't wait. Like, it waits for no man. No. <laughs> You're sick? Podcast. You're tired? Podcast. <laughs> You're on your deathbed? Podcast. Damn straight. <laughs> no, like really, the... if you're on your deathbed. Sorry, yeah. guys, that's it. No, I'll, I'll still podcast. I'll podcast from heaven. Really? Yeah, my ghost. I won't cross over. I'll have unfinished business, which is recording the next episode of the podcast. So I should just leave your recording equipment out on the kitchen table? Yeah, when I'm gone, and I'll come back and record at night while y'all are in bed. Thank you. Or you can record while we're at work. No, while you're in bed. That's what ghosts do. Ghosts don't hang out when you're at work. They do stuff when you're in bed. Yes, but see, I'm requesting that you do it while I'm at work. But then you won't be creeped out by all the crazy sounds you hear. Because you'll be at work and won't be able to hear them. Maybe our house is haunted as it is. No, but I'm going to haunt it. No, I'm saying our house is haunted. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Nope. Yes. Nope. So all those unexplained things that have happened in the house, those are due to what? Ethan. Right. And Max. When he's asleep and Max is in his kennel. Ethan falls out of the bed and makes noises and then denies it. <laughs> and what about the um, person who ran down the stairs? That was Ethan. You said Ethan was asleep in his bed. He was. He must have got back up really fast. And flew up the stairs. Yes, flew. Right, with his ghost-like legs. Well, maybe my ghost can time travel, and he's already here. Oh, my goodness. We're done with it. <laughs> twist that in your noodle. I don't have to twist it in my noodle. Why do go- ghosts don't need to time travel? Well, maybe they want to because it's fun, because they love reading comic books. So why don't they just read them in present time or get traced? No, I'm saying comic books are full of time travel, and it sounds fun. Oh, ghosts can't time travel. <laughs> no, because they're not real. <laughs> I beg to differ. But my ghost is time traveling and he's already here. My future dead but self. But they're not real. My future dead self. Probably, you know, he inhabits my present self. And you're talking to both of us at the same time. Ooh. You're a dork. Can we move on? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Wolverine. I'm sorry. I keep calling it the Wolverines. Is it I, not the I Wolverine? thought that's what it was called. But no, apparently it is just... Wolverines. Just Wolverines. Just Wolverines. Yeah, the word, if you get a magnifying glass, you can see the word just right in front of the title. Where? Just Wolverines. I said get a magnifying glass. Where? You're just staring at the at the page. <laughs> You're not even holding up an imaginary magnifying glass. At least have some physical comedy for our podcast Where? listeners that can't Where? see us. Where? <laughs> so anyway... But before we get to that, we got to wrap up the Weapon X program. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. up, up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, good, good on Fallout Boy for reviving their careers as a um, sports anthem band. Uh, well, I was going to say that's pretty much the all they are now, right? Band? Yeah. All they do is play at NBA games and in NFL uh, commercial bumpers. Every game, every football game I've seen, college and pro, for the last two months has bumpered into a commercial with that. Oh. Uh, uh, you remember me for centuries. Yeah. There are also gym rat sellouts. That's on like every like body pump fitness what? CD. When you go to those gym classes for body pump. I don't do that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to continue to gain weight. <laughs> when I go. <laughs> Yeah, their songs are, like, all remixed into the workouts. Of course they are. Yeah. Pitbull is hip-hop for soccer moms, and Fallout Boy is <laughs> punk rock for soccer moms and jocks. So what would you say if I told you I actually kind of like running to their songs? Well, it's not, I won't deny the workout ability of it. Okay, good. Yeah. 
Because I actually do love running. And for what it's worth, uh, Stumpy there is actually a, a good, for what it is, he's, he's good at writing like pop songs. And then he just decided to dress them up in punky attire. Okay. Kind of like Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she put on some thick eyeliner and a, and a tie over her t-shirt and she's kind of punky, right? Right. And she sings about skater boys. And that's terrible. <laughs> She kind of makes me want to stick pencils in my eardrums, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> She's a cute little Canadian, right? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, by the way, what's this show called? This is called the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> so how about we talk about some comics? Let's do. All right, here we go. All right, so before we can get to just Wolverines, we got we to gotta do a little cleanup. Gotta clean up a little bit of Marvel's mess. We gotta we gotta finish up the Weapon X program with issue number five, the conclusion. Pull out the broom. I think it's actually called Conclusion. <laughs> That's the name of the chapter. Creative. <laughs> yeah. They probably spent a lot of time coming up with that title. No, I can just see the round table now. You have the two artists and a marketing person. What should we call this? And all the uh, artists throw out fiend. names. Call it Fiend. And or fine. Yeah, and the marketing person says, no, conclusion. Conclusion. That's what we'll call it. It'll tell everybody what we're trying to do. <laughs> Which is conclude the story so we can get on to our weekly series. <laughs> anyway, what do we got? Who, who does this book? Who this, does this, it? This is Death of Wolverine, the Weapon X program numero cinco. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq. I don't know where we got For those five. French people. Every other language sounds more like Cinco. Well, no, because German is Pump. So I guess maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> it's what? Pump. Ein, zwei, drei, vier, Pump. F U N F. You pooped? No, F U N F. Pump. Sounds like something a poop makes. Do not make fun of their language. I'm sorry. Okay, the French call. You know what the Germans <laughs> do when they get mad? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you want to strike that from the record? <laughs> Edit that out. Nope. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Charles Soule is the writer. Yes. And art is by. No, give it a give it a go. No. <laughs> we already uh, went over this, and I butchered it horribly. Yes, it's Angel Unzueta, I think, and Ivan Cello, I think. You think? Yeah, it could be. Yvonne Coelho or Quello. I don't okay. know if it's Quello or Cello. I guess it depends on... See, I don't know his nationality, so I don't know how to, how to affect the accent. I don't know. I haven't looked. You should look and then ask him how to pronounce his name. I should. Instead that, of going, I don't know. That would be the decent thing to do. Yes. If only I were a decent human being and not just a mean drunk. <laughs> uh, Drew... Garachi. Garachi. Probably. Did inks, but only for pages one through twelve. Yeah. And the other pages, we're assuming that. I'm um, assuming that Yvonne inked, inked himself. himself. Yeah. Ooh, I inked myself. <laughs> that never gets old. <laughs> At least not to me. Or the me. listeners may or may not disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I, all I can think of is Finding Nemo when and the that. little squid goes, "I inked myself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And then Frank Diamarda. Yeah, I think so. Uh, is the colorist. And if I butchered any of your names, I solely apologize. Well, don't leave out your favorite guy. Oh, yeah. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And again, no credit for the cover. I don't know why this series hates the cover artist. But, Who's um, it by? This is, th- see, this one actually has a signature. This is going to be by Salvador Ro- LaRocca, who did the art for the first three issues, before I'm assuming he got too busy drawing his new Darth Vader series he has coming out. Ooh. Looks pretty sweet. I, I don't, you don't get ads, right? No, But I check don't. out the back page. That's the cover to Darth Vader number one. Oh, that looks pretty sweet. Now, see, you may, we, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I don't really know if we should. It's not really related, but it's fun. But we're going to. Yeah. So, you know, ever since, um, so forever, Dark Horse Comics printed Star Wars comic books. Okay. As part of the EU, or Expanded Universe. Okay. Now, Disney, as you know, years ago, bought Marvel. Right. And I think, uh, like, a year and a half or so ago... I may sketchy on my timetable, but Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yes, and so Disney, Star Wars. 
Did Disney buy the rights to Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Disney's making the new Star Wars, or it's subsidiary of cooperating, co- yeah. co-opting the new Star Wars films. But so in the late seventies, early eighties, Marvel had a Star Wars comic book that was good at times, but often silly. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, so now since Disney owns Marvel and they own Star Wars. And since there's a new movie coming out. Marketing at its finest. We're going to get all kinds of Marvel Star Wars comic books. So we have the main Star Wars comic books. Then we have a Darth Vader and a Princess Leia. And those are just the, the first three. There will be more. Oh anyway, the Roke is going to do the art, at least on the first part of the Darth Vader comic. And it looks pretty good. Pretty damn good, I would say. So anyway, that's why you probably didn't finish this series. <laughs> Because he's busy writing uh, or drawing Star Wars. But anyway, I think this is a pretty sweet cover. In fact, I would dare say that most of the series has had really good covers. Okay, yeah. I've enjoyed the covers. I have too. So what's on this one? I actually, there was only one cover I didn't like. Okay. And it was the Scooby-Doo cover. Oh, I like that one, I think. That was the, the one, one where you didn't it was know all it made green. an X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I wasn't fond of that one. So we have a horned... Horny Ogun. Ogun's mask, his horny mask. Yes. Um, and his beady little red eyes. And he's got sort of two blades. I'm assuming they're swords. Yeah. Um, and they're crossed. And in their reflection, you see Sharp bringing his sexy back. Yeah. And he's pulling a bloody a sword out. Yeah. He's pulling a bloody samurai sword out of his back. Not like that it was stabbed in his back, but like in right. the little. <laughs> Scaffold. Yeah, that's what it's called. That one's called a scaffold. That one holds a sword, right? I don't know. That one, like how my voice goes up when I ask a question. Yeah, but it's really cool because the way it crosses and the reflections. The only nitpick I would say is is in the bottom, there's a third sword crossing. (laughs) What the hell? I'm not sure how Ogan is holding a third sword. I mean, it might be his finger quote third sword. Is that a sword in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Both. Um, <laughs> well. Anyway, other than that, I think this is a pretty badass cover. It is. It's very cool. And I like the muted color tone that most of these covers have had. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we know that our Weapon X escapees, they've all been captured except for Sharp. And that's kind of where we pick up in Nolan's. Nolan's Nola. So we see a bunch of army guys. They're They're... They're not army guys. They're Weapon X guys. I'm sorry. They work for the program. More finger quotes for you. (laughs) I got your program. (coughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Wasn't that a really bad movie in the 90s? A movie called The Program? We didn't have cable, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were theaters in the 90s as well. All right, you talk. I'm going to IMDb. Okay. So the Weapon X guys are are surrounding Sharp, and basically they're, they're monologuing. Big mistake ever. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> He's really dangerous. We really should keep an eye on him. What's his power? Well, it's like this. Well, you know, it's not that it's a bad conversation. It's that they should have had this, like, in route on the helicopter or the right. Jeep or wherever they were driving. Yeah, Howie Berry and James Conner in the program and Omar Epps. It's a football movie. Okay. Rated R. It's one of those tough Ooh. 90s movies. Yeah, they should have had this conversation while they're, like, moving into position yeah. and not while they're in Didn't position. they get like a mission brief before they started? One would think. Because, <laughs> you know, yep. they are the more superior of the group. Yeah, they're the, they're the strike force, right? Right. Anyway, Sharp realizes they're there. Yep. So they lose them. They lose them. But he finds them. And he takes them out. He leaves one guy and basically the guy is begging for his life. Please, please don't kill me. And Sharp and Ogun are having a mental tug of war. A moral quandary. Of course, Ogun says decapitate him. Right. <laughs> Sharp's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm the one a, in control. He says, I'm not a killer. And Ogun's like, but I am. Yeah. And so he decides, well, I'm going to hold on to you because you're going to show me where your secret base is. Yeah. And then Alan in the Gulf of Mexico... Arcadia. Oh, yeah. That's what that is. Oh. <laughs> that we, was already spoiled in uh, Logan Legacy number seven. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Big cliffhanger there. Yeah, so it's this funny little... Uh, it's basically if you took the front part of two Enterprises and stuck them together in a spaceship sandwich and put it in the water. 
Oh, it reminded me of Men in Black, those little alien spaceships like linking together. Oh, yeah, that too. So Nero's there, and he's with some woman. Did, did they say what her <coughs> yes, name they is? Do. Uh, it's not Sapphire, but something like that. Anyway, he's like, hey, thanks for rescuing me. And she's like, oh, no problem. You should see our state of the art facility. And he's yeah. getting the grand tour, and he's like, and all their heroes are training, like Birdman. He can talk to the birds. He can talk to the animals. Sing to yeah, Dr. Do what I want to do rag. Oh, Dr. Do rag. That's who it is. It's Dr. Do rag. <laughs> but he can only talk to birds. Everything well, else that is we screwed. Know, huh? I mean, what are your options on this little base? Birds yeah, and fish. But see, in the computer panel, he's got a little. <laughs> <bird>. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yes, he does. So he's he's talking to the eagles or the falcons or whatever. Oh, he's a falconer. <laughs> That's a great skit. Anyway, on his computer screen, he's got a, like a, a digital output of an eagle or a falcon or whatever. Yeah, and, and this guy's training to jump through hoops. No, to fly through hoops. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, I'm sorry. Fly through hoops. And these other people are just staring. We got another guy on a treadmill running with the light, red lightning. Basically yeah. the flash. Then we got our Gila girl. She's hanging out in her tank top. Trying to look studsy. Well, she has to wear a tank top so you can see her arms and know that she's a wizard girl. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That is design. That's practical character design right there. Yeah. So we then go back to Sharp. He's still having his mental tug of war with Ogun. Yeah. He refu- he gets some information, but he refuses to kill the soldier. And so Ogun takes over, and we assume he, he kills him. It doesn't ever say. No, but I thought it was interesting that Ogun, like, literally, like, just takes over. Yeah. He's like, like, I had enough of this crap, you wuss. Well, and I do, I like the panel. Yeah, uh, no, the art's pretty cool in this yeah, sequence. Because that's kind of, someone said, hey, draw me a picture of someone being taken over. Well, what the hell? Like, how do you show that? And I think he did a good job of Sharp kind of being thrown back and his wrist is, you know. Yeah, like he's throwing the gun away, but Ogun's like, nope. But also, if you look in his eyes, so his, his mask has the red white lenses. And in both eyes, there's like a faint silhouette of Ogun's mask. That's very, very cool. Very nice touch. Yeah. And so, will they go back to this ever so cool facility? It's like Arcadia! <laughs> This is the dawning of the age of Arcadia. Age of Arcadia. Arcadia. And so basically, Nero's just, (laughs) he's saying this place is amazing. Yeah, man, it's really cool. I can't wait to join the club. Yeah, and she's like, well, come here and look. Yeah, and they're, they're in a padded cell. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, interesting. Well, I get to study them as no, well? He, says, he strokes his chin like an evil genius. He's yeah. like, mm, fascinating. Yeah, he's like, well, I get to study them too. She's like, yep, up close and personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we go back to Sharp, and he decides, you know what? I'm going to get Ogun out of my head by ripping off the mask. Yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> It was a really cool play here because Sharp's like, you took me over, but like, I can feel like that took all like your spiritual strength or whatever. Right. And Ogun's like, you're right. I think it's very interesting though. They're still hiding his face. Yes. So the only time we've seen his face was when he either did or thought he saw the reflection of, of Logan's face. Right. So I think, I don't know what it is. And I don't even really want to venture a guess at this point. But you're going to. No, I'm just saying there's still some kind of reveal coming with his face. Yes, because they've painstakingly... Not shown it to you. Yes. Yeah. And so he throws away the mask. They do have the conversation that he's weak, but they agree that they need each other. Well, and I like that Ogun calls him out and says, you know, throwing this mask, like, I'm not the mask. I may always wear mask, but I'm not the mask. Right. You're not Jim Carrey. You can't just throw me away. I'll always be there. And go smoking. <laughs> and so, and, and, and Sharp's like, well, I know. And then they kind of, yeah, but like you said, they agree they need each other because Ogun needs a host. And Sharp needs all the technical skills that Ogun's been giving him. Yeah, all the fighting skills. Right. To rescue his friends. And so they agree to disagree right. and use each other. Yep. So we go back a to... A symbiotic Ar- relationship. Yeah, we go back to Arcadia. Nero gets thrown into the padded cell with everybody. And yeah. he kind of lets it slip. 
Oops. No, the the mic the voice on the other oh, end yeah. tells them what this is Sapphire girl or Sapphire yeah. or whatever her name is. She spills the beans. Yeah, the neuro turned them all in. So they're all pretty pissed, understandably. And then the alarm goes off. Yeah. Shogun, who is now Sharp Ogun, which, ah! (laughs) Did you just now figure that out? Yes. (laughs) You didn't hear the sound of me figuring it out? That's the sound I make whenever I figure anything out. Um, Well, no, because a Shogun is like a samurai. Right. So I just thought, okay, well, he picked a name that represents his personality. I never actually realized that it was... Sharp. Sharp and Ogun, like, put together in a word, like a mishmash of the word. That's also a samurai. Like, convenient. (laughs) (laughs) And Mm. now, now I think that Sharp is only named Sharp so that Charles Soule can mash his name together to make Shogun with Ogun. (laughs) He's like, oh, man. All right, Ogun, that's a character. He already has a name. I can't change his name. I want this guy to be a Shogun. Okay, let's see. Steve, no, not Steve. Samuel, no, Samuel's not a real name. Um, sharp, got it. And swords are sharp. Ah, and he has a sharp mind. Oh, this works on so many levels. Write it down. Type it in my word processor. Oh my goodness. Anyway, Sharp has busted through the front door. This is my favorite panel of the book. You like this one? Yeah, it's basically Sharp strutting. He's just killed a couple of guys, and some more Weapon X guys are coming after him. And there's blood on the wall, and he's he's got this new modified helmet that we saw in the Logan Legacy. Does he have a sword stabbed into his shoulder? What is that? No, I think he has... All right, so he has the scaffold for the sword on his back, and he has this case for a dagger on his chest. Oh, because the way it, it's angled, and it goes up into his... Yeah, but see, that's all... Yeah, it can be maybe placed a little bit differently or maybe a little bit smaller. But, you know, that's what it is. I think I think his design looks pretty sweet. It does. I and like him standing here is very badass. I'm not real sure what's going on with his sword. It has his red outline. In this panel, I thought it was just supposed to be blood. But I think it's like a special sword. Maybe like a laser outline sword. Because it cuts through some pretty hardcore shit later. Oh, yeah. It does. And it stays... It stays... <clears throat> It stays in red outline for the whole time. So Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Maybe it's the way he wields the sword. I don't know. But he cuts through a gun. So and that's the first thing he does here. Yeah, he but cuts. He's, he's making fast business of these hosers. And then so Sapphire decides it's time to step in. But Sapphire, what color is Sapphire? Like the Sapphire ju- is... Um, it's blue. Okay, so like maybe it's this light blue. So maybe her name is a play on words with her power, because basically she turns into a bluish, whitish crystal lady. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, sapphire's blue. Okay, so this is why Enigma being the Riddler, her Sapphire becomes Sapphire. Ooh. <laughs> hey, it's old school comic books. That's okay. Yeah. So um, while the alarm's going on, Nero says he talks to everyone mentally. and he's Yeah, like, so he has telepathy now, too. He's yeah. been working on his powers. He's like, hey, you know what? I know you want to kill me, but we kind of need each other to get out of here. And he says, hey, lay it down. I'm a crook for life. You don't want to with me. Anyway, he says, I can see right here, because he's patched mentally into the security system, Yeah, that there's a camera right there, which means that there's a cavity for it. Right. The wires and whatnot. So we're going to punch through here and get out. And they're like, we ain't going with you. And they're like, well, you're just going to stay here and wait to die. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll go with you. Yep. <laughs> we go back to Shogun. He's fighting with Sapphire. And she's clawing at him. She's got really long middle fingers. Yeah, she's kind of like Lady Deathstrike mixed with Emma Frost in her diamond form. Yeah, but she's got, look at her middle finger, babe. Like, it's, it's flipping him off. Look, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just on one hand. Yeah. She's like, here, while I lunge at you, let me flip you off. Right. And So she's talking about this great world she's trying to build. And Shogun's like, oh, you tricked me. You tricked me into saying Shogun instead of Shogun. I'm sorry. Uh, but Shogun's like, better world for who? <laughs> Not us, obviously. Yeah, so it cuts off her arms. <laughs> Pretty yeah. awesome there. And then... He decides, or and I like this conversation because Sharp says, I'm not a killer, Ogun. She's beaten. And Ogun says, she's only beaten for now. You heard what she said, and you may not be a killer, 
but we are. Yeah, yeah. Nice little turnaround on that. The way he says the the royal we there. Yeah. And so obviously we're supposed to take that as he runs her through. I think so. Yeah. And of course, the group of bandits that have escaped out are like, Sharp, is that you? And he's like, no, it's not. Not anymore. Shh. And then his, his laser sword makes a noise. Sink. So it must have some kind of energy. Yeah. And, and he, he announces his name, his new name. And then he's trying to push his pelvis forward for some reason. No, he's just making a classic badass stance. Oh, <laughs> yes. In the next panel, he's about to take a leak on the floor. And he doesn't want to pee on his boots. So he definitely thrust up. So basically they say, hey, Nero's the one that ratted us out. So what do we do with him? And but he, he reveals his information that they all have built-in expiration dates, which was also, we found out, in Logan Legacy, so this is not a surprise. Nope. Or a new. reveal. Thank you, Marvel, for not having your shit together. <laughs> and so they decide that they're going to try and yes. fix themselves. Well, but he also says, hey, you remember that laptop that you left with me when you knocked me out and just left the laptop there because it was obviously unimportant. Right. Well, that laptop's gone, but I have all the information in my smart little brain. Yep. So I'm very it. valuable, which actually that's a pretty smart move on his part. It is pretty smart. Because it does make him valuable to a degree. Right. And so basically uh, they decide that they're going to try and fix their expiration date or die trying. Yeah, because he found in the files all these guys with healing factors that Cornelius knew. And he talks about how the words and all, all basically all the stuff we got in Logan Legacy... He kind of rehashes for us. And then we get a nice little group team. They come together as a team again. And Shogun's like, or died trying. But anyway, then we get one of the funniest parts of the book where it says, this story continues in the Logan Legacy number seven, which is already out. (laughs) We've already read it. And then Wolverine's number one, which we were about to talk about. We're about to read. So what do you think of the art? Uh, The switcheroo. I couldn't really tell where it happened, to be honest. Are you serious? I could tell immediately. Oh, I thought they were both pretty similar. Um, no. In fact, the way I could tell is um, Junk's character. All right. So you can tell the difference. Who did you prefer? I actually preferred whoever did the back part. The second one? Overall, I would agree. I thought the second half was a little more interesting art-wise. I did think the panel where Sharp is... Ar- like the stuff with Sharp arguing with Ogun... I thought was drawn very well. And I really like the action lines. But I will say as much as I like the art in the second half of the book, I like the the way the first half of the book's artist drew junk. I'm not fond of the way he's drawn. I think his face is a little too long. But I like his horns better. Here they're yes, very... Yes, they're very stuck out on the on They the remind me of like Dumbo ears. <laughs> okay. Or donkey that. ears, I should say. Yeah. I can't help but notice. I can't believe I didn't think about this last time. So Junk kind of looks like Marco from Saga, which I know you're not reading, but um, no. but kind of a, a guy with little ram horns, a human guy with ram horns. Yeah, I thought the art overall, I thought both guys did a fair job. Yeah, I I knew there was a switch because I immediately, like the one, like I said, the one character I was like, whoa, he's changed. So, and honestly. I thought they were both kind of trying to stay in the same tone as yes, Roka. yes. I think had their characters not been so dramatically different, I don't think I would have noticed. Now, I would say probably on Hell was a little more LaRocca-ish than uh, Yvonne. But anyway, yeah. So I thought the colors looked good. Yeah. And there were some really striking panels. I feel like there were a few facial expressions that were a little wonky, but other than that, the art was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. The only thing is, so this one's going to have a hickey as far as my grade. <laughs> Hickey. Well, yeah, because I, I would have graded it higher. You, you, wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's, let's clear something up. Is a hickey for you a positive or a negative thing? Negative. Oh, you don't like hickeys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I personally don't like them. <laughs> okay. You, oh, so but when they're visible, they can cause trouble. Yes. So you're saying a blemish on this book. Yes. Okay, what's your blemish? Besides the fact that all the surprises were ruined. That's that's Beforehand. a big uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty big one, yeah. That's huge. But I will say, for what it's worth, probably not Charles Soule's fault. Probably something happened with the art change, and it got behind, 
And Marvel didn't want to wait on anything. Because, you know, waiting got to have Got to have Wolverines out the first uh, Wednesday of January, no matter what. So if that means we bump other stuff up. The only thing I would have argued on their behalf, if this was late, fine. But just put all three issues out. Simultaneously. At the same week. I agree. And not put, don't put Logan Legacy number seven out and then put this out. And don't put something in there like, hey. Right. <laughs> and there's a bunch Check of stuff in Logan Legacy number seven that is directly told here. Yeah, I think it was just there was a scheduling snafu somewhere and they just pushed ahead through it. And I don't know. I guess the part about Ogun and Shogun but becoming Shogun. Right, that part wasn't, because that was, like we said, our only question mark from Logan Legacy number seven, and that was kind of shown here. Though, it's interesting now, because I guess we're sticking with the symbiosis, but he's talking in Ogun voice at the end. So I guess we're saying... Or is that the merger? I don't think so, because when we have the arguments, Ogun's voice has always been a black box of red text. And at the end, he goes back and forth. No, he does goes really back and forth. So maybe that's just a I don't know. We'll see if that stays consistent or inconsistent or whatever. Okay. But maybe that's kind of a, a way for us to know who's talking at any given time and this constant wrestling between them. Well, what do you think of the story overall? I mm, I'm holding out. Right now I'm not overly fond of it, but I so I'm hoping. I'm really hoping for a big huge twist. I thought it was pretty good overall. Um, the idea that there's like this other facility and he's got to go rescue his friends and the whole like the, the wrestling. I um, guess my thing is they've made Sharp so badassery that it's like, why does he need all these people? He's He spent the first half, first part of the book whining that he needs them, but he's such a badass. Why does he need yeah, them? Yeah, but the Sharp side doesn't, he's trying to atone for his past sins and he doesn't remember and he wants to protect his, his new family, air quote. I don't know. I'm still not crazy about all the supporting characters, but we'll see how they go. Yeah. Um. All right, so what are you going to grade the Weapon X program number five? I'm going to give it three out of six. Honestly, just because Marvel ruined it for me. <laughs> Sorry, Marvel. It did. It dragged it down a little bit. Because, all right, so there are times where something can be ruined. But sometimes you can know between A and B what B is. But you want to see how they got there. And that's interesting enough and right. cool enough that it, that maybe it would have been better if you didn't know. But at least it's still exciting. Right. I didn't think this story in and of itself was quite exciting enough to overcome the spoil. No, it wasn't. And that's that's kind of where it fell short for me. So I'm also going to give Weapon X program number five, three out of six claws. But now let's get to what we're really here for. Hey, hey, we're, we're the Wolverines. People, People say we snicked around, around. But we're too busy healing for anyone to keep us down. down. <laughs> we did that just for you, Georgie. Just for you. Not really just for you. No, we did it for everybody. No, I really just did it for myself. <laughs> we did a... Uh, I'm a selfish bastard. <laughs> we did a... Uh, what should the song be? <laughs> oh, well, so I had tweeted Georgie because he, he... He did... I mean, we kind of did it for him because he did tweet demanding a theme song. Yes, he did. Very pushy, that Georgie. He oh. is pushy. <laughs> but anyway, so I told him that I had a song based on a jingle from my childhood... And so I'm going to go ahead and, and do the backup. They didn't win. It lost. Because I yep. think what we did now is better and actually fits the tone of the book better. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll talk about that if we get into it, though. Who came up with it? Oh, yeah. This girl. Yep. Although I mean, when I say this girl, I mean me. What? <laughs> Although I will say you laughed at me when I was like, hey. Well, that's because, all right, a little peek behind the curtain at the Wizard of Oz here. When she first sang it to me, she sang the word snicked like 12 times. <laughs> because I couldn't in three think lines. of anything. <laughs> she was like, snicky, snickety, snick. <laughs> We're snicking, snicking, snickers. <laughs> anyway, I'm, so I'm going to sing my uh, my backup jingle that lost and see if Georgie can guess what the actual jingle is. Oh. Or anybody else, feel free to contribute. Tweet, Tweet Facebook. It. Tell me what, what this is based on, what I'm stealing this from. It's from my childhood. And how old are you? <laughs> old enough. All right, here we go. <clears throat> 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 
<laughs> me, 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 me. That's not it. That's just me warming up. What, 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 Wolverines? Wow, I wouldn't have been able to guess that. Yeah, no, but you didn't have cable. That's true. So <laughs> succinctly told us. All right, but anyway, hey, it's time for our new weekly series. Woo-hoo. I'm sorry, in Marvel style, all new weekly series. All new. All new. Everything at Marvel is all new right now. Always. I'm surprised this doesn't isn't called All New Wolverines. Which is hilarious because every comic book that comes out yeah. is new. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this is my but flaw not, with marketing. But not everything is a new number one. This is a new number one. Wolverine's number one, our new weekly series, our all new weekly series, starts right now. All right, so this is written by Charles Soule with pencils by Nick Bradshaw except pages 17 and 18, a weird two-page intervention by Allison Borgs or Borges, I'm not sure. Walden Wong is the inker. FCO Placentia is the colorist. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, no, make the afterbirth <laughs> joke that I'm thinking. <laughs> and VC's Corey Bennett Woo-hoo! is the letterer. <laughs> All right, before we talk about the cover, let's talk about our logo. So we have... Overines, then a W in front made out of three claws cutting through something. The and the scratch marks are the three bridges of the W, or I guess three arms of the W. Well, okay. And then we, have, we see the three claws pushing through. Yes, but quite honestly, you need to look at the cover page logo. The title page, you mean? Sorry, the title page. You're seeing the claws come through the page and cut, and that's what yes. they're trying to portray here. Yeah. But because it was on a dark background, they probably had to put this white outline around it, yeah. which makes it look... Never mind. What? Oh, well, yes. <laughs> All art is either phallic or vaginal, and this is vaginal. Yeah. <laughs> she whispered that in my ear. She was embarrassed to tell you guys that it looked like a hoo-ha. Well, I didn't want to go there if nobody else saw it, too. Yeah. Well, I've never seen a triple vagina, but um, I guess it's possible. Hey, there hey. are women with triple boobs. And right, Total Recall. So maybe in Total Recall 2, or in the remake, there was a girl with a triple vagina. <laughs> so how does she pick which? <laughs> never mind. Well, she doesn't pick. You pick. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering if one is more sensitive than the other. I don't know. Does that mean she has six ovaries? Oh. Does that mean that or she they all feed back to the same two ovaries? That's a good. These question. are the questions I need answers to. And then when she has, when she gives birth, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and our fake character that has three vaginas. How many ovaries would you give her? And how would she give birth? Out of the middle one, obviously. Well, does that mean she has one womb? <laughs> I mean, she has three babies every time. Ouch. Yeah. She needs some big ass hips to hold those kids. Well, she has them. She's built like a brick house. She's a brick house. house. <laughs> All right, let's and talk about this cover. We're completely derailed. <laughs> this is the podcast that goes nowhere. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think this logo is very, very cool. It is. I would even cool. say it's rad. What? Yeah, it's pretty rad. Let's just stick with cool, babe. No, I like rad. But <laughs> on a side note. I tweeted Charles Soule to ask him who designed this logo. Did you really? Yeah. And to to speak very well of him, he re, he replied. He responded to me. Tweeted oh, nice. me back. Nice. To not speak so well, he had no idea who did it. <laughs> <laughs> that poor artist. Their yeah. heart just sunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's, there's some guy sitting in a cube going, it was me! It was me, it was damn me. it! <laughs> I'm going to cut you with three claws, a-hole. <laughs> no, I'm sure <laughs> someone got a check. So some some accountant at Marvel knows who did it. But, um, <laughs> I just thought it was really funny because he agreed it was a really cool logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway. we have uh, on the cover, Yes, we have our adamantium wolverine. Yes. It looks like he has eyeballs looking up at you, like my nephew. <laughs> who does this thing where he looks down, but then he looks at you. And looks up. Yeah, it's a very devilish 
And look. then he grins impishly at you. Yes, and you can't help but laugh. And, and he doesn't, he has the best timing of doing it when you're scolding him. Yes. When he's in trouble. And he goes, looks down like he's despondent. But then he looks up at you like he's evil. And then he smiles like he's the joker. <laughs> we took him to lunch and he was he was moving something on the table. And I just Everything. looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you mean when you say something. Oh. And I looked at him and said, no. And I gave him the mean mommy look. Which is the... Yeah, but you have a pretty good mean mommy look. Yeah. Which is that you tilt the head and you, you look sort of well, like... Don't give away your trade oh, secrets. I'm sorry. And he pulled that on me, and I laughed so hard I could not help myself. And other people at the table were like, "You were this close. Yep, you almost you had almost it." Had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's just a reflection, but it looks like he has eyeballs. It does. And so, but he's there in his adamantium tomb, and our wolverines are all uh, groping him. him. Yeah, you <laughs> a little touchy touchy. It almost, it's like he's a Ouija board. Yep. Touch the Ouija no, I board. Point to the adamantium statue where he touched you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was here. <laughs> yeah. I will say my favorite part of this, not my favorite part, but that was really cool. You see, because you see all of just their hands, and there's two legs in the background. Yeah, you see Mystique well, and Shogun. Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. But in the reflection of the body, you see their faces. I didn't see that until oh, you yeah. told me. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, oh, by the way, this cover is by Nick Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. But it's a pretty cool cover. I like it. I like it too. It's not like the most like exciting cover, but it's a really good way of like, it's this is how intro. we're going to start our story. This is what we're doing. All these guys are trying to find Wolverine's body so they can grope it, and this is it. So story-wise, we start off with six months from now. Ooh. Ooh. We have Mystique covered in blood and crying. And she's headed towards the door, door of light. The door. The door. Well, and the door is all glowy. So she is trying to head towards the door. Yep. And she's covered in and blood. When she opens it, she goes to the present. <laughs> <laughs> she time travels. No, yeah. just kidding. And we get uh, the Wrecking Crew, which I got to say, I have a soft spot for the Wrecking Crew. This is a 70s bad guy group. They were around a lot in the 70s and 80s. Did a lot of fighting uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, ironically enough. Which, by the way, Sabretooth's first appearance was an Iron Fist. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, little unintentional or maybe intentional connection there. Anyway, the Wrecking Crew is in Paradise, where our team of Wolverines has tracked Wolverine's remains. And, uh, but the Wrecking Crew is there to, uh, to wreck stuff, yeah. live up to their name. I kind of like the redesign of uh, the Wrecking Ball guy. I don't know what he looked like to begin with, so. Yeah, anyway. And we see X-23, Dokken, and Junk no longer has his horns. Yeah. Now has a wiry dreadlocks. And Looks a lot like a warlock from New Mutants. Or danger. Anyway, then we go to an hour ago. We've time traveled again. Yeah. So our Weapon X guys all have spiffy new uniforms. Including one that removes your horns and replaces them with uh, wire dreadlocks. Yes, they stopped at the um, mutant I've Got Special Power store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we have our team of Wolverines, who is Sabretooth, Dokken, Deathstrike, Mystique, and X-23. Sabretooth and Dokken have changed their uniforms to match Wolverine's old brown and yellow uniform. Sabretooth is a modification. It looks pretty cool. Dokken is actually just wearing the old uniform. Without the uh, mask. Cow. Yeah, no cow. And his boots aren't quite right. They go up about halfway up his shin and look really silly. And I don't really like the way well, Bradshaw draws it. his ankle is like disproportionate. <laughs> well, that, that's Brad. Bradshaw's a little, he plays with proportions. That's kind of his style. Wait, and Nero is, is, he now has pieces jutting out of the top of his head. So in our random two-page art change. Yes. Which... The artist draws his boots going up to his knees like they should. And they actually look pretty cool there. But here, they just look like really funny boots. Smurf boots? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they're talking about how they're going to go in and look for the body. Here's the facility. Looks empty. Oops, there's people coming. Oh, yeah. And Mystique gets her binoculars and says, Oh, the Wrecking Crew. I'm not tangling with them. I quit. And Shogun's like, The hell you do? I know the passwords. Yeah. <laughs> And Sabretooth's like, maybe you can trust us. And uh, He's Shog like, I've changed. Shogun's like, you've personally tried to kill me twice so far. 
Would you believe I've changed? No. <laughs> of course, we know he has. He's inverted. He's a good guy now. Nice guy, Sabretooth. Just a little. Pu- he should change his name to Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so what I think's weird is they all talk about how they're now all gonna die. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I guess because these guys are gonna expire. But if they're gonna die, then in Shogun's last breath, he's gonna rapid fire out all the kill words and kill them all. But what I really don't get, because unless we miss something, well, no, unless we miss something, and Nero said, I know we have an expiration date, and I know what it is, which he has not said out loud to the reader yet, and we don't know what the expiration date is, so how's he going to... He's just said it soon. Yeah, but are they going to, like, is he going to feel it, like, oh, here it comes, I'm dying, uh, caterpillar, butterfly, whatever, everybody die. No, I think he's just going to die, and he's not going to be able to say the words, and these guys should probably figure that out and say, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. Well, and don't you think they have to hear the word well, yes, for and it to makes, happen? So why don't they just run away? They split up that one of his guys will go with one of their guys, so they're always in earshot. But uh, Dawkins makes a, a really good point. He says, this thing we're here for is not a prize. It will be treated with respect or you will deal with me. Wow, Dawkins. Uh, and Sabretooth kind of pops up, and Dawkins like, don't mock me, killer. And that was interesting. Um, so they head into the facility, and yeah. so does... The Wrecking Crew. Yeah, and of course they have the really bad... Where it says... Um, well, he's talking about, like, Shogun's arguing with Creed about, why are you, why are you being so helpful? <laughs> Ogun in my head. You know Ogun, right? He's in my head. He tells me you're a real son of a bitch. Yeah, and, and he goes, and if the evil demon ninja... And then we ninja, just have to kill you. But my favorite is he goes, yeah. and if the evil demon ninja thinks you're the bad guy, well, uh... Then we get an off-panel. Actually, fellas, we're probably the bad guys here. Ugh. Ah, it's funny. So then Dawkins and... X-23, X-23 is looking out for Doc and tells him to take it easy because he does, he lost his healing factor. Remember Siphon? Siphon did away. That's right. I mean, he had to. That was his name. He was contractually obligated to siphon away someone's energy. And Dawkins says, don't you coddle me. Or you may be playing the hero right now. That may be your temporary path. And, you know, good for you. But, you know, I'm going to do my thing. And just because I can't heal doesn't mean I'm weak. And then we see the body. The adamantium encased tomb remains of Wolverine. And I kind of I like... really like this panel. Like There's like busted pipes or something. So he's getting rained on. Yeah, well, not only do I like the art, but I like the conversation at the bottom because yes. X-23 says, is that? And Dawkins goes, I think so. It has to be. And uh, then John says, huh, it's almost beautiful. beautiful. It's true. It's very beautiful. <laughs> I will say this is the only page that I love the colors. And we'll talk more about why when we get to the end. Then Mystique and Indo have a conversation. Yeah, and Mystique. It's kind of interesting because Indo's like, well, how do you know when you change that you'll change back? Like, that you don't, like, how do you keep who you really are straight? Yeah, and Mystique basically says, I don't. Yeah, it's a risk. Risk we all take when we all morph. Yeah. Oh, wait, just me. Yeah, so we see them fighting the Mystic Crowbar. We see Sabretooth fighting the Wrecking Ball. It's coming like a Wrecking Ball. Oh, my goodness. That's Cartman singing Miley Cyrus better than she can. <laughs> and, um, anyway, um, yeah, but, but all right. So I understand Sam Heath can heal, and then he gets a monkey face when he gets hit, which is kind of cool. And then we see one where he's about to completely smash his head. Of course, we don't see it. We see Docking with his funny boots, his funny ankle boots, trying to lift wreckage off of Wolverine's body. And then out of nowhere, Mr. Sinister comes. Then we get our random art change where the style is completely different for two pages. I like it. It looks cool, but way different. It is different. And uh, Mr. Sinister says, oh, y'all found what I was looking for. I should have hired you guys instead of those other fools. And he goes, oh, this will be useful. And he rips off Dawkins' arm. In a very brutal panel. Yes, and then takes out his eyeball. Yeah, in another brutal panel. And then we switch back to our Nick Bradshaw cartoony art. All right, so this art is very serious looking. Almost Jay Lee-ish to a degree. Not quite the same, but that same kind of like, it's almost flat looking. Yeah. But it looks, uh, just the shadow and the colors look really cool. And just it sets this tone of just like, the violence looks ultra violent. And Well, and quite honestly, when I Mr. Hit Sinister this- looks really sinister. When I hit this panel, I thought, ooh, is the rest of it going to look like this? We'll talk more about that in a minute, too. Save some of that. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Sinister just looks badass. But yeah, man, just really cool two pages there. It's a very intense two pages. Yeah, that's a good word. Very intense art. 
It's flat but dynamic. It's a weird oxymoron. Yeah. But um. So then we go back to Nick Bradshaw and Mr. Sinister is uh holding X twenty three by the throat and says, "Uh, you are less useful. You're just a clone. But I can use the genes from the son of Wolverine. I'll put it to good use." And he's Kazakhs away. And Dawkins, oh, man, this is just brutal. He's laying there with no eye and no arm. Junk's like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll heal, right? X-23's like, you don't understand. His healing factor is gone. In the close-up of Dawkins' face, besides being bloody, like you can tell he's going into shock. Yeah. Which you would. If you were a normal person and someone ripped off your arm and your eye, you would go into cataclysmic shock. And so I really like that panel. I do too. I can do... I'm not super fan of super blood in my comics. I know some people really like that. Kind of the uber violence. It's not really my thing, but I thought this was a really cool panel. I did too. It gets the point across. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the art. I am a Nick Bradshaw fan. Yes. It's kind of Art Adams style that he draws. You know, we've seen him before on the podcast and I've always enjoyed him. I really like the way he draws Mystique. I don't really like the way he draws Dawkins so much. Though some panels he looks fine. And mostly it's just the boots. But I thought... So I really have always really loved the way Bradshaw draws Wolverine. Like when we've had him in the past on Wolverine and the X-Men, per se. Or for example, I mean. Always really enjoyed his Wolverine. And he is kind of cartoony. I thought there was kind of a... I guess the only thing that kind of was weird about this art was because I kept looking for what panel I was going to use for the podcast image. And it wasn't just like any one panel that I thought was really amazing. Which we normally get some really badass panels in Nick Bradshaw books. Right. And so there was kind of a lack of just like this great panel some of the fighting was pretty cool but i don't know there was just something a little i don't know but overall i thought that was really good the colors i can't tell if i love or hate the colors they look they look very 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 saturday morning cartoon yes and that's the best way i know to describe it that is a very super bright super just cartoony and it and i guess all right here's here's my thing nick bradshaw is kind of a cartoony artist okay Okay, well, we've had them before. We've had them with more kind of standard Marvel colorists who were doing the more kind of either the hyper-realistic or kind of the comic booky colors, right? Like intentional choices to have color work. And so it makes Bradshaw's art, you're still cartoony, but there's an element of, at least in the comic book world, of realism. Yes. When you combine the super cartoony colors with his cartoony style, it makes this whole book just look very, like I said, just Saturday morning cartoon. Very like, you know, I don't know. And and not necessarily in a good way. Now, there's a line in here where Sabretooth talks about this being a treasure hunt. Okay. So if you take that logic, and this book, while being a little bit intense, it's also a very fun book, I thought. Yeah. And so the cartoony tone fits it in that way. I think what kind of ruined it for me is having the two pages of the really intense, for lack of a better word, and not to to make a pun on the character we have, but the really sinister-looking pages of Mr. Sinister was such a tonal shift. It's like, well, which one would I rather have? And I'd rather have the intense. Well... (laughs) I go back and forth. I'm kind of on the fence. I think it depends on what this book is going to be in the long run, on which one I would rather have. Now, I will say, this is going to be a weekly series. We will not get the same artist every week. No artist that I've ever seen can put out a book every week. That's hard. So, it'll probably change. And like, for example, Batman Eternal, one of the the many weeklies going on in DC right now, pretty much a different artist almost every issue. Maybe they'll do like two or three at a time and then they'll switch. But they also have different writers. Like they have like a, a creative pool. Like Scott Snyder like kind of directs it and he writes some of it. But then there's a bunch of other people that they all write together. They know like the basic outline, but then different people write different chapters. As far as I know, Charles Soule is flying solo on this one. Okay. So we should at least get a tonal consistency with the writing. The art will probably be a little inconsistent. So I guess it'll just depend on issue to issue what the tone is. I didn't mind kind of the cartoony tone because this issue, I mean, he had the wrecking crew for crying out loud. There's nothing serious about that. No, they and seem they're, like a bunch they're of cartoony bad guys. So it kind of fits. And if we're going to have like a fun treasure hunt romp through 
wherever we're going to go to chase down Mr. Sinister and Wolverine's body, then maybe it's not that bad. But if we're going to have like a super serious story of Mr. Sinister kind of doing his mad scientist thing, trying to use the genes and clone and make new creations and all that, it's going to be kind of serious Mr. Sinister stuff. I'd rather have the more serious, bleak, dark artwork. I agree. So I guess we'll just, I guess I'm kind of on the fence with wait and see mode. That said, even the fun art, I would rather have a little bit better colors and not so cheesy. Well, and I I get it. It's artist preference as far as their costumes. But you hit the nail on the head when you said Saturday morning cartoons because even their costumes seemed Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, I agree. Like Nero had pieces of his head higher than the rest of it. And then they had, you know, little nodules sticking out on their costumes. And it kind of reminded me of... Like G.I. Joe and, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, perfect. the way they were. G.I. Joe's perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. I was trying to think of You're a good welcome. example of, well, it's like an action card. Like, because He-Man, Masters of the Universe, actually had a kind of muted color tone. It did. So I was trying to think of one that was super bright. G.I. Joe got pretty bright at times. Thundercats. Yes. Thundercats, Silverhawks, uh, Blackwater, that kind of stuff. It wasn't the Pirates of Blackwater. I don't remember. Anyway, I did really like... The new Sabretooth design, him kind of taking on Wolverine's, like a play on Wolverine's costume. Yeah. And it kind of fits in where we left him at the end of um, Axis, where he's writing that letter, like where he's going to try to be Wolverine, you know? Right. And I'm glad that he took the costume but didn't just copy the costume. There's like a blend of Wolverine's costume and Sabretooth's old costume. You like mashed them together. I think it looks really cool. I like the short hair, I guess. It's a nice change. I also like, all right, so the the writing, what do you think of the story? I think it's interesting. I'm intrigued as to why Sinister needs Dawkins' genes. I don't think he needs them. He just, Sinister likes to experiment and work with genes. And like, he's always had a fascination with the Gray family, Jean Gray and Rachel and all of them. Right. And the Summers family, Cyclops, Havoc. And then, of course, they're... The combination, which Cable was a, a Gray and a Summers. And he's also had a fascination with Logan and right. his family and Sabretooth and all that. And um, we even, like just last year, you know, got Origin T, which very much involved Mr. Sinister. Right. Um, and kind of his, almost like making it sound like Wolverine was the first mutant he came in contact with. Right. And so this kind of carries on that fascination. I don't think he needs Doc's DNA. He's just really excited about what he might be able to do with it. Yeah, but he said he's not no, he interested says, in X-23 because she's a clone. Yeah, because he already has what he needs from Wolverine. Like, oh. Nothing will be different. Like, here's someone who has part of Wolverine, but something else. Gotcha. And so even though X-23 was not an exact clone and one of her claws moved to her foot, and maybe Sinister doesn't know that. Maybe if, he, maybe if he knew she had a foot claw, he'd be like, oh, that's interesting, and he'd take some of her too, cut off her, break her leg off. <laughs> You know, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes. I thought it was a very fun comic, but also serious. Oh, and, I didn't I didn't see the fun. Uh, fighting the wrecking crew, like they're coming in wrecking stuff. I guess up. I'm. I don't the know enough about them, so idea. I don't care. Like, okay. they were filler. Kind of the, the banter between like the X the uh, Weapon X people. And the Wolverines team, and kind of the way they team up and talk to each other. I thought it was just a nice little fun adventure. You know, the treasure hunt aspect. I, I thought it was interesting. I also thought it was Charles Soule did a great way of catching you up to where everybody was without beating you over the head with it. I just yes. kind of, a, hey, like through conversation, through the characters interplaying with each other, like kind of let you know where everybody was. You know, hey, Sabretooth is, is a good guy now. Dawkin is really can. Even though he always hated his dad, and they even comment about that, he's really concerned about like making sure that everyone respects the remains and they don't fall into the wrong hands. We talk about how he lost his healing factor. Uh, X-23 being very heroic and concerned for everybody. Uh, the Project X, or the Weapon X rejects, you know, running around being mostly concerned about themselves, but trying to figure out how to survive. You know, Lady Deathstrike and Mystique, you know, we have, even even though it's mostly in the intro that we see a mystique trying to come and manipulate everybody and now for her own best interest. And so I thought it was really cool. I'm just, I'm really curious to see see what happens next. See as we kind of chase down Sinister, where we go. Is this going to be like a fun treasure hunt where like they follow clues and chase Sinister from different place to different place or what? So I don't know. 
So what are you going to grade Wolverine's number one? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay. I'm going to give it a little bit higher. I love the story. Thought it was great. That was a great way to kick off the series. Like I said, I'm a little unsure about the art. So I'm going to give Wolverine's number one, five out of six claws. So overall, nice kickoff to the series. I agree. And I'm pretty excited about it. And I wasn't, I won't lie. Death of Wolverine was great. I liked mostly the Weapon X program series. And Logan Legacy was very hit and miss. I wasn't sure how this series was going to come out of the gate. So I'm glad it came out really strong. Anyway, got a comment on the Facebook page from um, Pat, one of our oldest and dearest listeners. And he basically kind of asked to come on the show. Really? Was very excited about it. And I appreciate the enthusiasm, Pat. And, you know, it brings up a good point. Because something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And one of my goals to kind of spice up the podcast in 2015. What? I'm not spicy enough for you? Oh, you're spicy. Oh. Anyway, was to have on some more different guests. What? Yes. Give a little break to Denise and Cameron. What are you talking about, Willis? (laughs) Wow. You, you, (laughs) You can't do that and then say it all in proper English. What are you talking about? Sir Willis. What you talking about, Willis? Wait, am I losing my job? No, you're not losing your job. I just want to just have some different options. Some different... <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's insert this in a relationship. I want to have an Baby, open marriage on our podcast. Right. Other I want to people, see other people. That's what um, it comes down to. Because I, you need I'm a, a pig. break. I'm a pig and I want to see other people. You need a break. No, I'm too much look, no, look, for you no, here, to handle. Here's the deal, okay? I just want someone to come in and cook my dinner a couple nights a week. No, it's, it's really very pragmatic, and I think will also be fun for our listeners. And the people I invite on will hopefully be fun for them as well. A couple of things going on. Though we went really long on issue number one, and we could be surprised and I could change my mind, I don't think we're going to have enough to talk about every issue to do an episode every week on the Wolverine series. Okay. So we will probably save them up and either do one like every other week or just do one a month. Depending on what all happens, we'll kind of judge it and base our our um, schedule on that. But I still want to keep the podcast coming out regular. What Why the, can't we do something like the Digicomics? We did that every week, but I felt like we had enough to talk about. Oh, I'm, okay. My instinct is that if we do an episode on this every week, we'll have a whole lot of like 20, 30 minute episodes. Which is okay, but if we can stockpile a little bit, I think that'll be better. Okay. Um, so with that, my intention then with that, if if that's how it works out, like I said, this series could completely prove me wrong. There could be a giant surprise every issue and we have a lot to say, and that's fine. And that's what we'll do. But if not, that means more frequent flashback episodes. And, you know, I don't want to make Cameron record that much. <laughs> you hear that, Cameron? Yeah. No, but I mean, this. I don't expect him with his you know, full-time job and three kids and doing his own podcast already to make enough time to record every week. Like, that's just not fair whoa, to him. Whoa. Well, you live with me. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, also, as we get into more and more guest appearances, there's going to be a lot more, more and more issues that Cameron doesn't have. And so I, my idea then is to find some people that have some of these, or I think might have some of these other issues and have other guests come on to do that. And actually, I already have a couple lined up that I'm working on. And we'll continue to look for, there's other people I want to have on and we'll look for places to get them in. So. Um, and am I with you when you do these? Sometimes, sometimes, maybe not. Yeah. Look, do you really want to read everything I want to record? No. I did not think so. So quit complaining. And I don't mean that as a negative I thing. I know you don't. You just, that's a lot of reading and you don't have time for it. I barely do. <laughs> and I read comics almost all day long. I was going to say. Not really. I work. I have a job. Yeah, but when he's not working and not driving home, guess what he's doing? I'm talking to you. I'm being a good husband and a good father and a good dog owner. You're. And reading comics. <laughs> and watching TV. You multitask, babe. I do multitask. Hey, I sometimes I read comics to Ethan. Yes, and that's his multitasking. Yeah, but he loves it, so it's all right. Yeah. And I love it. It's bonding. It's not just me reading. Why why are we talking about this? (laughs) Who cares? 
I love how I can get you off track. This this episode is the worst, but probably really the best. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? You're going to have other people on. I'm not invited. I don't play well with others. Actually, you do. Actually, the episodes we have, both you and Cameron, are always, well, the two, are, are two of our highest uh, downloaded episodes. So I will recreate that magic when I can. But anyway, if you're listening to this and you think, I, he hasn't asked me to be on the show yet, well, it could be coming. Or maybe I don't know you. And, and you bring- just need to invite yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that brings up another good point. We mention and talk a lot about Georgie and Pat on this show. Yes. A, because I feel like they're actually like our friends. And B, because they talk to us a lot about the show. Yeah, they interact. So, if you want to have your name talked about on the show, easiest way to do that? Twit. <laughs> Tweet. <laughs> Tweet. Or leave, leave messages or comments on the Facebook page. Oh, my god. And we will we'll talk about you. And we'll get to know you and... and I won't just be the podcaster and you just be the listener. We'll be friends. I really enjoy that. And that is what I want. That's kind of what I would love for the face, Facebook page to be. It's just a community of Wolverine fans talking with each other about Wolverine stuff. I enjoy what we have there. And I, we have a lot of fun on Twitter. But, I mean, the more the merrier. And like I said, you know, the more you interact, the more likely that conversation is to bleed over into the actual episodes. So yes, and just throw that out there. If you if you like hearing if Georgie and Pat like hearing their names, and I think they do, and you want, <laughs> and you want to like hearing your name, then you know, get on board and get involved. It's really easy because I love all of you, and I know not everybody needs to do that. I don't email or tweet every podcast I listen to. I do some of them, but not all of them. And you know what? If you're just want to be just a listener. I still love you anyway because we need those guys too. Like, yep. you know, keep listening, spread the word, whatever. But anyway, all that's just to say, if you're interested, I don't really know what I'm saying. There's a small asterisk and disclosure that I, um, we talk about you. We have free reign to talk about whatever we want. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like I can banner with our listeners. Yeah. I, I feel like I can joke around with Georgie and Pat and, and some other people. I still want my shirt, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. Or at least a picture of you in the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that got dropped. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, this is all a waste of time. You don't really care. No, because you don't even email us. <laughs> but if you were, you would do it at snickcast at yahoo.com. Uh, leave an iTunes review. Like the Facebook page. Tweet us. The, at snickcast is our twit handle. <laughs> and um, the, the, the web page with show notes and stuff is snickcast.podbean.com and that's going to do it for this episode I hope you're reading and digging the first issue of Wolverines as much as we did yeah sorry Marvel had a scheduling snafu and kind of blew it a little bit but you know whatever we're here to clean up your mess Marvel that's right for our great listeners so until next time hugs and snicks bye, bye.